Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reaction Shots 2020. 2020. January. The year of our Lord, January 2020. Pretty crazy. Crazy. We're living in the future. We're post Blade Runner 1. That's crazy. (laughs) Watching that movie like it's in the past. Yeah, right? That is wild. Pretty close. It was a pretty good prediction. We have almost all that stuff. The Earth is almost destroyed. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) And plus, replicants are driving all over the place and flying cars. It's a nightmare out there. Be, Be safe. Be safe. This year, this episode, this year, this episode, we're talking about the last year on this episode of this year's episode. 2019. 2019. Recapping. But uh, before we get into that, what have you liked recently, Michael Huber? Oh, yeah, Michael Huber, by the oh, way. I'm Ian Hink. This is Michael Huber. Um, You know, I've been on an Akira Kurosawa kick, Ian. Yeah, you have. You know, I've been watching some of those flicks. So I went back and I watched um, two of his earliest, Drunken Angel and Stray Dog. Yeah. And these were just... Kurosawa, dude. Next level. Next yeah. level. Yeah. Uh, Drunken Angel was insanely good. I haven't seen that one. It's his first movie with... Uh, um, there's this Japanese actor who he was in like 15... He did 15 movies with. I forget his name. Yeah, I can picture his face, but yeah. I don't remember his name. Uh, so... Drunken Angel's the origins of that. It's like his first... Not his first movie, but... Kurosawa's first movie that's like his. Right, right, right. You know, his vision. They let him go for it. Yeah. So it's just, you know, about this young Yakuza kid in post-World War II Japan. It's like right after the war, so it's super depressing. Yeah. And uh, he meets this old veteran doctor, and it's just about their relationship because the young Yakuza kid is sick. Oh, okay. So it's about them. It's really good. And then Stray Dog... Is those two same actors again, and um, this time the Yakuza kid plays a cop. They both play cops. Stray Dog is about this cop's gun gets pickpocketed. Uh-oh. So the whole movie, they're trying to find the gun. Ah. It's a really good movie. Oh, my like God. Like Disco Elysium. It's um, considered one of the earliest examples of the buddy cop slash police procedural genre. That's awesome. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. Buddy so cops. Yeah. Invented by Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, great, great I love movies. that you've just been on, what, what kicked off your your Kurosawa kick? The holidays, watching old movies with my family. Sure. My dad, you know, throwing on It's a Wonderful Life. And yeah, and yeah, Just yeah. all the oldies from here to eternity and whatnot. So then I was like, you know what? Kurosawa, seen a bunch, yeah. but like not in that order that I usually do with all my favorite directors, you know, going through kind of their filmography in right, that right. specific order. So next after Stray Dog is Rashomon. I like Rashomon I haven't a seen lot. that in so long. Rashomon is really good. Yeah. Have you seen Ron or no? Did haven't seen Ron. Ron. Haven't seen Ron. Ron One is of his a, later always ones. my favorite. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's basically King Lear. Cool. But yeah, pretty wild. Cool. I need to rewatch that. I haven't seen it since film school probably. Nice. Anything else besides Kurosawa? I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about, like, Star Wars. This is what have you liked recently. Yeah, I liked the theater experience. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... that's. Uh, um, oh, man, there were, um, you know, lastly, lastly, there were three Christmas rom-coms I watched with Beth this year. Wait, was the holiday one of them? The holiday. Because I like that movie. 
I that's don't think Kate so. Winslet, no, Jude Law, no. Jack Black. It was not okay, this year. Right. No, we well, did uh, three right. new ones. We did um, The Night, K-N-I-G-H-T, Before Christmas well, yeah. with Vanessa Hudgens. I watched a commentary on that one, okay. <laughs> which seemed pretty funny. Okay. That was good. And then <laughs> there was one other one. Oh, it was um, Let It Snow. I don't know that one. This one's really good. This is like a teenage, coming of age... Christmas dramedy. This one was actually a really good just movie. Is it Netflix also? It is Netflix. Okay. It has um, Tom Holland's best friend in Spider-Man. The, Ned. the man in the chair? Yep. The yeah, man okay, in the chair. Okay. He's, he's the man in the chair. And um, <laughs> Isabella, if you don't know how to pronounce her last name, last name but she was Rosalini. Like, Rosalini. Wait, no, really? No, no. I was like, what? What no, is this movie? Mona Mare or something. She was oh, in like uh, one of the Transformers and Dora the Explorer. Oh, okay. Really good movie. And then lastly... Is she Dora the Explorer? In, in the new Dora. Yeah. She plays Dora, yeah. Okay, okay. I can picture yeah. her then, yeah. yeah. And like around the same age as, as the man in the chair. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's like high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really good. And then lastly... Though a movie between that guy from Spider-Man and Is- Isabella Rosalini would be pretty wild. <laughs> It'd be pretty weird. I'd watch that. Anyway, sorry. What even would that be? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. And then lastly, Noel on Disney Plus oh, with okay. Anna Kendrick, Bill Hader. I've never seen it. Dude. I don't watch a lot of Christmas movies, I find. Nor does Beth. Muppet Christmas Carol, Scrooged. Those yeah. are my like standbys, you know? This was the year I was like, we're doing it. We're doing this. She's like, all right, whatever. And she liked all of them. I was like, all right, cool. I like how you were the one who was, yeah. yeah. That's how I usually it like she, it's really funny, dude. She loves rom coms, but at the same time, I'm the one who's usually like, "Hey, you want to watch rom com?" <laughs> you know, like, well, check out the holiday. Yeah. I think she's seen that one. She's seen them all. She's probably seen it. Yeah, it's but yeah, Noah was really good. Noah, uh, it's like my Christmas canon now. I don't want to spoil anything, but okay. like that movie is like real life canon for me. I'm just like, yo, this is how it is. Like that's the story of Christmas yeah. for you. Yeah, Noel. It's a Bill Hader movie. Is my canon? Yeah, On and Disney Anna Kendrick. Plus. Yep. When did it come out? This year. What? All three of those movies I just said were this year. That's what? why I watched them. Yeah, they're all 2019. Great year wow. for Christmas. I haven't even movies. heard of the latter two. Mm-hmm. That's pretty bonkers. Yeah. That's it. I saw Cats in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> and How and, was that? How, wait. First of all, how many people were in the theater? Let me think. Let what me, was the vibe? I can probably do an actual count. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... And then there were three of us. So between like 11 and 14 okay. people, probably there might have been like a couple of people. Good Alamo crowd. Draft House, <laughs> you know, people had beers. We, I had f- some food. I had chicken fingers, nice. you know, with fries. Uh, Alamo Draft House, by the way, great movie going experience. Four movies that you're not like, you know, like I wouldn't go see The Lighthouse and want like a waiter <laughs> coming through it partway through. They don't totally. talk, but yeah. it's great. Um, but anyway, like, oh man, the, the energy in the room was perfect. It was like (laughs) electric, confused, terrified. Uh, I've never seen Cats the musical. I like musicals a lot. I'm familiar with a decent number of musicals, but like, my God, I can't even wrap my head around this as a musical, let alone as a movie. How was Taylor Swift? (sighs) Bad? (laughs) But great, like I mean, good she's music, barely in it. Oh, really? her the song that she apparently had a, a hand in writing was the only like part of that song was the only song that I liked. Got it. 
The rest of the musical was like real weird and strange. Yeah. And like cacophonous. Because she did she make an original song and then all the other songs are well, from Cats? Yeah, or? yeah. Essentially, he's cre- Andrew Lloyd Webber is credited on her the song okay. also. So okay. I think they wrote it together and then in the, or in the thing, in the actual musical, a different character sings the one. There's the, the only phrase I really liked is where they go like, beautiful ghost. Like that. That yeah. little part. I was like, that's pretty. <laughs> the rest of it, like, even memory in this, like, is usually the catchiest song, but, like, she sings it with so much emotion and snot all over her face that it's like, it kind of takes away from it. It's weird. It's supposed to be, like, this emotional payoff, but it doesn't land because it's, like, too emotional Yeah. for the character. I don't know. It was very strange. And you don't understand, <laughs> like, I barely understood any of the characters, what was happening, like... The the musical is insane. It's just the poems of T. S. Eliot, I think, not changed like at all. Is cats. Is, at what? Is cats? Yeah. Is T. S. Eliot's poems? Because I know Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber took the poems of I believe T. S. Eliot. Okay. Uh, about jellical cats. Don't ask. Okay. Uh, and, and, and just put the poems as lyrics into the songs and from what I can understand, didn't really even change them at all, though he should have. So it's borderline nonsensical. Yeah. And it's like, but the, the musical structure is just cats introducing themselves and that's what I'd say 90% of the songs are. I think there are three songs maybe four that aren't just a cat introducing themselves and there is no plot yeah. moving forward during these introductory songs typically. It's so weird. Put on top of that, like take this like fevered nightmare dream of a musical and then put on top of it the worst CG and craziest effects yeah. you've ever seen. Like some of the stuff that should have even gone right, like the scale of the characters, mm-hmm. Uh, is it so inconsistent? It's mind blowing. I love that in video games, Ian. When you stand next to a car, yeah, and it's just so wrong, and it's just, it's like half the size of yeah, like <laughs> yeah. twice the size of your character. It's either like, it's like three like, times as big or like half the size. Yeah, yeah. you're like, how big am I? <laughs> am I a child? <laughs> but yeah, like there's one scene where they're like four inches tall, dancing on a railroad what? thing. And then there's, like, it literally immediately cuts to them on a train, and they're, like, three or four feet tall because they're coming up to the bottom of the windows on the doors. And yeah. it's just, like, literally two seconds ago, you were small enough to be fit entirely on a rail of, of, a, of a train as a cat. They were, like, the size of mice on this railroad thing. Rail. It, the whole movie's like that. Like, the look on my face the whole time was just, like, it was like similar to when I was watching the third movie of Berserk Golden Arc, where I was just like Dude. bewildered and didn't believe what I was seeing and <laughs> disturbed. like disturbed, but I was having a blast. Sounds like episode nine. I didn't have as much fun in episode nine. <laughs> I, I episode nine I couldn't really divorce myself from being confused about how any of this was possible and like why any of it was happening. We don't need to get into Star Wars too no. heavily because no. who cares anymore? I'm yeah. so tired of hearing about Star Wars. I don't care. I'm tired. tired about I love Mandalorian. I haven't finished it yet. I'm like two backs. Mandalorian and Watchmen are probably like the best thing that happened this year. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. And oh, baby, Expanse, season four. I'm like three or four episodes into that. Woo wee! 
zero episodes into the new season. I love me some Expanse. Hell yeah. There's a really funny, weird... They got Kevin Smith because you seen you saw seasons one through three, right? Uh-huh. They have Kevin Smith like recap the entire show uh, on on Amazon. It's oh, like a 15, okay. 14, 15 minute video of got Kevin it. Smith like re explaining the entirety of Expanse for you. Very essential, really I would smart, say. Yeah, because like it's we been watched a while and sci-fi the Switch networks. Yeah, very cool. And Omar and I watched like the first fifteen minutes. Of the first episode, and, and like there was a character or two where we were like, "Wait, who is that?" <laughs> when we, it's funny when Beth and I left episode nine, we were talking about it. We had a good time, or whatever. It's, as a movie, it's fun. Yeah. As a Star Wars movie, it's garbage. But we, then yeah. we saw a, uh, and as a finale, it's trash. That's what I mean, mostly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're driving home. We see an expanse billboard. Yeah. And I just point up, and I'm like. That's that real sci-fi. That's actual sci-fi. That's that She's like, for, dude, when for can we thoughtful watch it? human beings. <laughs> He's like, please watch the Expanse. Everyone. Please watch the Expanse. One of the best science fiction shows of all time. If you want actual sci-fi that doesn't <laughs> treat you like a dumbass, watch the Expanse. <laughs> so good. How did our guys like? You know what I bought? Star Wars on I that spoiler mode. What? I have no idea. I thought of you. They you know what I? Loved it. You know what I bought Beth for Christmas? Huh? You'll be happy about this. I've, I've never been happy before, I but try be me. Neuromancer. Yeah. As as like a book. As a book. Love Paperback. It. Love it. Love it. Yeah. William Gibson book. Yep. yep. Kind of invented cyberpunk. Yep. So I thought of you. I mean, pretty much straight up invented cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good book. His debut novel, they say. That whole uh that whole little uh cycle, what is it, the sprawl trilogy? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, I was looking into it when I because she loves sci fi and they're good. That's one of like her holes for books, sci fi books. You know, she's read so much of it, but in terms of the classics, like William Gibson is the last. Like, yeah, whole. yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, there's a book of his I like called The Peripheral that's hmm. getting a sequel soonish. Hmm. Is that out already? I should check. William Gibson's cool, uh, right? Is he? I, I don't know. I think I don't okay. know. He when he saw the cyberpunk trailer, hmm. he was pretty nonplussed. I think he <laughs> okay. was like he was like it's just GTA with. Eighties buzz cuts. <laughs> That's really funny, though. <laughs> and he was like, "This isn't cyberpunk." That's really funny. And I was like, yeah. I'm, co- "I'm always cool with that kind of criticism yeah, yeah, yeah. when a creator comes in and there's like, hmm." I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's. I, I, I assume he's chill. I don't know. I think the new book he has accidentally takes place in a parallel universe because it it uh, has in the reality of that book, Hillary Clinton was the president. Oh. And I think he started writing it before the election, so he just kind of assumed, and then it was too late. So he's like, "Well, I guess it's a parallel universe now." <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh. Anyway, William Gibson. Hopefully, he's not a d bag because <laughs> I like his books. Oh, anyway, uh, the peripheral though. He had a funny comment about it because um, apparently, what he does is he makes the first chapter of his books slightly more obtuse and difficult as like um as like a trial by fire because it's like if you don't like this you're not gonna like the rest of the book that is <laughs> really interesting so it's a really funny it's just he with like, that book not I, all of them? He, he was commenting on that book but okay. i think it's his style for all of them is what he was saying but it's like he basically makes the first chapter like look if you don't like this you're gonna have a bad time just get out that just is bail. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny i, I sort of like it Mm. Seems okay. like kind of a David Lynch kind of guy. Yeah. I wonder if they'd get along. I wonder. <laughs> I watched a four and a half hour uh, 
breakdown, like explanation, true meaning, whatever video of Twin Peaks. Four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. Someone on Twitter recommended it. It's by Twin Perfect. It's longer uh, than The Irishman. Yeah, probably better too. <laughs> um, I'm just teasing. I only saw like the first part of The Irishman in a loud room, so it was not the best setting for The Irishman. Um, but man, that's so long. Yeah, well, it was good because yeah, did it fill in the blanks for you? Well, I I didn't feel as though any blanks were left unfilled, gotcha. though this thing and i'm not gonna say any of his his interpretation but like their interpretation i was like wow you're probably right cool uh it was really interesting so it definitely changed my perception of the show to some extent like i knew i knew like you know i had figured some stuff that he had already said i was like obviously this is about this but like yeah it was pretty wild nice um and then i went back to watch some of that channel's earlier videos and uh not as good like their Silent Hill stuff. Got it. They used the R word a few times. I didn't care for that. Hmm. But it was like 2010, but still no excuse. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, let's talk about 2019. Beep-boo. Let's do it. Beep-boo. Um, got a lot of really good comments for this, so probably how we're going to frame this is we'll just go through the comments that we got from the patrons cool. on the $7 and up tier. Great. That's kind of what we usually do. For uh, episodes like this, I think it works. It's a fun, fun structure, but we have also a lot this time, right? We have a lot. Uh, so I'm gonna try, try to get to, everybody. Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief. Well, don't try to keep it brief. Just on but some things. Yeah. No, no worries. But cool. uh, yeah, and I'll I'll probably abbreviate a lot of these comments, whatever. And if I miss you, I'm sorry. But I think I got everybody in here pretty much. Let's begin, Brian Cause. So the first question some I say asked, Cosm. some say Cosm. Uh, it's funny because before the episode, I was like, I should remember to say that every time, <laughs> and then you did it. <laughs> I didn't even have to. Um, what is your favorite movie of 2019? Is the prompt for this section. So imagine a little title card in your mind that says the favorite. Uh, anyway, Brian Cause, in my heart, my favorite movie of this year was Terminator Dark Fate. Terminator has been my favorite property for the majority of my life, so it was extremely satisfying <laughs> to get a movie where Terminators are actually cool in my lifetime. It's a movie where you can tell the director was like, hell yeah, man, Terminators, kick ass. <laughs> and it resonates with me deeply. That said, the best good, good movie I saw this year was Uncut Gems. It's stylish, it's panic-inducing, it's wonderful mess. So I didn't see Terminator. But I saw Uncut Gems. Dude, Uncut Gems is a very noisy movie. <laughs> Holy shit. You saw it? Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it a lot. It, Uncut Gems is, is a weird one for me because, like, I can obviously, like, objectively, like, putting my critique brain on. Yeah. It's you a, hate these type of It's people. a very good movie. Yeah, that's that's my thing is, like, yeah. I, li- I loved it as a movie. Like, it's so naturalistic and the way it's shot and acted and written yeah. is all above board. Really, really good. But my enjoyment of this movie was almost none because... Stressed? I, well, I was stressed but more annoyed because, like... And this is a me thing, yeah. like, completely a me thing. Like, I've noticed this in myself where my tolerance for characters who are just destroying themselves with bad decisions is almost none. Yeah. I prefer, like... I prefer No Country for Old Men where it's, like... Maybe they make one bad choice and then are just trying to deal with the fallout. Like, they're a normal person just trying to get through it. Mm -hmm. And I want to make a disclaimer. Like, I know that this movie is dealing with, like, 
gambling addiction, like addiction kind of stuff. And yeah. it's like in real life, I want to support people who are struggling with those kinds of things. But as you an know? entertainment product. But as an entertainment product, it's not <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> you know, because as a fictional character, I'm just like, I don't, dude, <laughs> what do you want from me? Like, yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. I can't really care about you. I know. Like, you're not my friend. Like, yeah. I'm not going to drive you to, you know, a meeting and help you out. Like, I don't care, dude. Like, I usually care about the people make around a better the self-destructive right. people right. I try to, you know? Yeah. Well, like you, a, talk a Dina about un- you talk about Uncut Gems, because that's just my weird take. No, I totally get that. I totally get it. it so many times, you're just like, dude, yeah, don't or do like, the right do- thing. Exactly. And I think you did nail it, though, about just addiction. Like, he couldn't help himself. It's just not how his mind works. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, I really like the movie... It is such an uncomfortable movie in so many ways. From the word go. There's just so much cro- like crosstalk, yeah. dude. You want to watch one of our wild streams? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. what the, that's what this movie is. Just Well, it's... It's oh. like it cashes in on like the Robert Altman like school of filmmaking but like in the modern age like yes. it's so much just like naturalistic speech yep. people talking over each other it's so well done surrealistic it's such an impressive movie from a naturalistic standpoint yeah. i really enjoyed it for that totally but i was just like god i hate this guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the Ke- there's like Kevin Garnett subplot. I thought was so funny, hilarious, yeah. and awesome that they got like Kevin Garnett to do this. So, and I always love seeing ah, oh, what's his name? The guy from Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, um, God, he's amazing. He, I love seeing him yeah. and stuff. He's just he's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And because he's in Get Out for a bit. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's well because oh. his character in this too. But every character in Uncut Gems, everyone feels just so natural yeah. and real. Yeah. And like their behavior, like that his awkward. Wife and like, his mistress were both such realistic characters. Yeah. Everyone's behavior is so realistic. Yeah. It's weird because his behavior is so frustrating. Yeah. And you know, and you can tell it's weird to come into a movie where every character is at their wits end already with the main character. Like, before the movie even starts, everyone is done with this guy. Yeah, that enough. And it's just incredible. Yeah. Oh, what a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> good anyway. So I liked it a lot more than Good Time, actually. Good yeah. Time I saw after the fact at home. Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't get to see it in the I theater. saw, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Good Time was just okay. I thought Uncle James was great. Mm-hmm. And what was the first one we were talking about? Terminator. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Did you love Terminator? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Nowhere in the pantheon of Terminator 1 or 2 in my mind. Naturally. But but very fun and the best of all the Terminators that have come after too. Sure. For sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I intended to see it and I just, yeah. like, it didn't time out right. Yeah. There were a few like that. My blind spots, the blind spots I was aware of this year, the one I really, really wanted to see was Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. And I missed that one. It was in theaters for like a week and a half yeah, and, and I was out of town for holidays. It's coming back, I think, in a week or two. Like, Well, it, there, there were two screenings this week at Landmark, but they're both sold out. Got it. I looked. I looked at the one on Friday, uh, and there were two seats, front row, corner, and I was like, "I'm not doing that." No. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna watch. Uncut a movie. Gems was the first time I had to sit next to a stranger in like ten years in a movie. Oh wow! Yeah, I went and it was sold out. Wow! I just went with a buddy of mine. Didn't go with Beth. Went with a buddy. She was working. I went with my friend, and I was like, "It's always awkward because like 
you know, when I go with my wife, we have our system. We sit in the back right corner. Yeah, yeah. We buy the tickets like five minutes before the movie starts so we can sit away from everyone. Uh-huh. My friend is just like, hey, you know, I'll buy the tickets, whatever. I'm like, all right. He's like, all right, let's go to this random theater. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is your nightmare. Yeah. So I'm like <laughs> sitting next to him. People come in and they like sit next to me. And I turn to my friend. I'm like, yo, I can't sit next to strangers. So then I go to his other side. And then and people it's like straight out of curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> Other people come piling in. So I'm just like sitting next to these strangers. And it was like a middle-aged woman. And it was perfect. Okay. She was fine. She didn't say a word. She didn't Good. like tap or or like didn't even think about her. Nobody looked at their phone. Nobody looked at their phone. In fact, Ian, I was so pumped because I went up to go to the restroom one time. And I left... And as I'm coming back, I see her because she must have gone when I went to cause less disruption. Ah. So then when I get back, she's kind of standing there waiting for me to get back because then I come in and then she comes in right behind me. She's and a pro, like, This dude. is a professional moviegoer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be like that yeah. lady. It was like I was causing more disruption yeah. than she was. Yeah. So I was like, shit. Sorry, everyone. You've become the <laughs> yeah. villain, Huber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty funny. So we're on great pace right now for yeah. talking about all of these movies. And One question the- down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit. <laughs> we talked about that for like seven minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Jeremy Tanner says, Parasite is my favorite movie this year, with a close second being Under the Silver Lake. A few people mentioned Under the Silver Lake, and I thought that was 2018. Me too. But I love that movie, so we're going to count it. Cool. Could have been one of those limited. I think it was. I think it's it like was like 1917 is technically 2019, but yeah, it's like yeah. worldwide. Not out. In, even Tokyo Slim hasn't seen. Yeah. I, actually, that's my other blind spot. I haven't seen it yet either. I might go see it uh, this week. Nice. I heard it's cool. Anyway, Under the Silver Lake has a ton of secrets hidden in the background and has a subreddit devoted to solving the mystery. <laughs> and I think that's increased my enjoyment of the movie to being second best for me this year. That's always fun. I really liked that. Have you seen that movie nope. yet? I really liked that movie. It's on uh, Amazon. You and uh, Matt were talking about it. I love it. Yeah, Matt's friend like made it. I'm so jealous. It's cool. Matt Hastings, Jojo Rabbit, hands down. I laughed. I cried. Taika is quickly becoming one of my favorite filmmakers. Did you see Jojo? I saw Jojo. I I liked it. I um, there were definitely moments where I was like a little nervous. You know, I was like, oh, are we? Can we? Can we make jokes about Hitler? Like this is uh, or you know. But um, I think all in all, the like, you know, the main point of the movie is really solid. And I don't, I don't want to say too much because yeah. it's, it's a fun movie. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Nice. Enjoyed it, it. it wasn't great. one of my favorites, I think, this year, but it, I, I really liked it. And the kids do really well, and the nice. acting is all really good. That's always nice when the kids yeah. are good. Yeah. Uh, another movie where if you are a connoisseur of the filmic language, you can see things coming pretty far in advance. Got it. Um. But it didn't really bother me in this one. In fact, I was sort of happy that I predicted a few things in advance because I won't say what, but uh, Virtual Self 11 says, Love and respect from Spain. First time posting here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hello. Hello, Spain. Thank you for posting. I intend to visit Spain someday. I hear it's beautiful. Yeah. I went to Portugal, but not Spain. It's close by. Close, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to go. I'm gonna. I intend to go to Barcelona someday. For sure. Uh, anyway, favorite tie between Parasite and Midsummer. I find Parasite a better movie, but Midsummer is the one to, uh, that stuck with me the most. 
Also, the best thing I have watched this year is Mr. Robot Final Season Without a Doubt, best TV show of my life. Why are you going off the air for two years, Mr. Robot? Wait, is it done or is it? This is the final. The final season just ended. Okay. Bastards. I got too stressed out by that show. I, I want to finish it, but I got too stressed out. Well, dude, it, it, like whenever you take a two-year break and then they you took a two-year two year break? break and then you come back on the USA Network that nobody friggin' has. Like who has yeah, cable yeah, anymore? Nobody. Like I cut my cable. Finally did it. Yeah. Wait, you hadn't? Dodgers. I cut the cord. Oh, right. Don- you like sports? Yeah. I cut the cord like fifteen or more years ago. I think. Nice. Yeah, so I just waiting for that to come on Netflix. Or yeah, yeah. Hell, but yeah, final season. Funny story. Uh, I'm very jealous. My cousin uh, has two kids who are like seven and six or whatever, and you know, I I never see ads, you know, because I've got YouTube Premium, whatever, and yeah. and and whatever, and you know, Netflix, Amazon. I don't watch TV really. Yeah. So, you know, but I take for granted that kids. Some kids who have parents like us who have cut the cord and don't have traditional TV have probably never even seen ads. So, like, his little kids were watching a movie on Disney Channel or whatever, uh, or not Disney Channel, but whatever, in the hotel, and then they come running in and they're like, Dad, Dad, our show, there's something wrong. And he's like, what? And he walks in there and commercials are playing. That's so funny. And they didn't know what it was. (laughs) They didn't know what that was. They thought their show just switched to something else in the middle and was broken. (laughs) That's so weird. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Coppa. Fuck shit ass. There we go. This isn't for kids. We're covered. Got it. Sorry about the swearing. Um, (laughs) uh, Tim O'Keefe. Favorite movie, The Farewell. Just found the whole movie to be so charming and emotional, and I love the different mix of cultures, the views on death, etc., Absolutely worth watching. Hell of a movie. Really? I loved that movie. I, I didn't have the I didn't have the strength. Yeah. I didn't want to go watch a movie about dying. Heavy duty. Yeah. But good. Dude. She uh, won in uh, a Golden so Globe pumped. last yeah. night. Yeah. She dude. That's a good movie. Yeah. It's just a good movie. Yeah. You should watch it. I, like it. Someday I'll watch it. I got my cooldown is still going on. Yeah. That. For sure. Uh, Silent Consonant. My favorite movie was probably Spider Man: Far From Home. Forgot it, about that shit. Me too. <laughs> it really just worked for me on every level. <laughs> However, the best movie I saw was probably Knives Out. I think that uh, was one of the most rewarding experiences I've had in the theater this year. The movie just worked for me on every way possible, even if it was a bit on the predictable side. Hmm. I also really liked Knives Out. It's one of my faves of this year, I think. I haven't seen shit. You haven't seen Knives Out? Dude, I was sick for a month. And- yeah. Knives Out is fun. It's still in a few theaters. You should try to check it out. That in 1917, for sure. Yeah. 1917, Tops. I got to see. Tops. And if Portrait of Lady on Fire comes out at a time where I did I see, see it, it, that it's coming soon, I swear. Again? To, like, wider release. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. good, because yeah. I really, really want to see that. Matthew Walden actually said it was one of his favorite of the year, so I really need to see it. Is that the one f- Under the Silver Lake is the one from the... Under the Silver Lake is directed by the It Follows. Okay. Yeah. And Portrait of Lady on Fire is from... I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But Knives Out is good. Cool. A little predictable, yeah, but it's kind of fun. Okay. It f- it scratches the Clue itch. Nice. After we watched it, we went back to my house and watched Clue. That's fun. <laughs> if you're looking for a good caper. Yeah. Mystery, I mean. A why done it. Yeah. Uh, Colt Smith. Definitely a tie between The Lighthouse and Knives Out. Did you see Lighthouse? I did see The Lighthouse. Okay, hang on. We'll talk about <laughs> Lighthouse in a second. Both are just fantastic in their own way. I'd even say Godzilla, King of the Monsters is right up there, too. Haven't had a chance to see Portrait of Lady on Fire or Little Women. I haven't seen Little Women yet, either. That's on my list. 
uh, but they'd probably end up there too. What'd you think of the lighthouse? I think we talked about it in a past episode a little I bit. I think we did. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't honestly, Ian, I'm still I'm still unsure. Yar. For the lighthouse? <laughs> for the lighthouse? What made you want to be a wiki? Yeah, like <laughs> while I was watching it, I was unsure. When I went home that night, I was unsure. A month later sitting here, I'm unsure. Which and is kind of great. Awesome. Yeah, kind of yeah. good, right? So it's like I I love that movie, but like I don't know why. I don't even know what the hell to say about it. <laughs> like I don't know what to take away from it. Yeah. It was just very strange and bizarre and and good. It was I, good. I I just again, I don't really know what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> when it was over, <laughs> like I really admire that director like <laughs> He really does seem to have a singular voice, and like the projects he's been doing. I mean, I think this is his yeah second movie, like The Witch, and then this. Yeah, uh, both of which I think are really impressive and great, and mm-hmm. and like the sort of historical fiction bent that he takes with this kind of folkloric, weird ass like stories that he likes to do. So just weird, really great. I love it. Um, I I kind of I had hoped it was gonna go a little more like cosmic, crazy, and cosmic. A little, me too, me too. But um. I mean, you know, it. that was my own. I was bringing that in totally, myself. Totally. So it's like, you know, that's on me more than the movie. <laughs> For sure. I think that would have helped it, though, in, in terms of entertainment value. Going a little crazier would have been nice. Yeah. Because yeah. it was entertaining the whole way through, but in a very dry way. Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, there's different types and different levels of entertainment. So, yeah, I don't know if it's one that I would watch again. Maybe I've, once, but it's not something like It Chapter One, where I'm gonna like this is a movie I'm gonna go back and watch like every sure. couple of years because I love it so much. I guess. The Lighthouse definitely I've watched like Willem Dafoe's crazy monologue from the middle a couple of times on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and he's just so, fun to watch. so amazing. Yeah, and he's yeah. just so good. Uh, Morgan Mahala says seeing Avengers Endgame in theaters this year may have ruined all other movies for me because the energy of the audience was electric. Cheers, gasps, applause, all in unison with the culmination of 20-plus movies and typically other people's distracting behavior in the theater drives me crazy. I just can't imagine something else topping it in the foreseeable future. No. Yeah. I, I can't mean, imagine anything topping it for so long. That's how you finish a thing. That's how you top off a franchise right there. Yeah. There is nothing like it, and I'm grateful to be alive and to have been able to experience it because it's our generation's Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Like hearing- you might be right, yeah. I was reading a really interesting thing about Rise of Skywalker and just how there was no like energy in the theater when yeah. this reviewer saw it. Yeah. And he was like, obviously there's so much nostalgia with Star Wars. He was just talking about when he was a kid seeing Return of the Jedi and people like standing up and like cheering at some Vader shit that goes, you know, like, yeah. 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 Like, yeah, there's just none of that, and I think Event- Avengers Endgame like had that in spades. Yeah, it was just paying off. Definitely had the payoffs. Mm-hmm. Also, just like proof that planning is important. <laughs> That's yep. all I'm gonna say. Yeah, you that. can't rush it. You know, I, I compare it to the DC universe. Oh yeah, and they tried to just like, hey, Pivot, let's have react. Avengers Endgame right now. Like, let's yeah. have Avengers. Boom. Yeah. It's you like, can't no. you can't make a trilogy as a reaction to other things, mm-hmm. be it the fan base or the previous movie, 
or anything like that. You have to have a plan and stick to it and trust that you know better than the audience what you're making because they don't know what you're making. And it's crazy that the same company owns Marvel and Star Wars. Feige, dude. Kevin Feige. I know, dude. Favreau has proven with Mandalorian that he can plan things out. Like, they should just give him the trilogy. Have them team up again. Yeah, jeez. Whatever. Happy Gaming. Unfortunately, many of the movies I saw in 2019 were actually from 2018, (laughs) but the movie I loved was definitely Parasite. Nice. I really liked Parasite. Did you see Parasite? I loved Parasite. Yeah. But I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. Same. I think it for me it was a victim of it was. like eight people saying, "Oh, it's the best movie ever! It was. It it's the was. best movie of the year!" Totally. Like before I saw it, and I also I also totally. intentionally didn't know anything about it. Totally. And knowing like a few of of his previous movies, I, I didn't know how like out there it was gonna get. Mm-hmm. Um, There's just always those. Tell me if you agree with this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's always these movies that are under the radar that yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Case in point, Parasite, right? right? This under the radar, yo, pay attention to this. They get so overhyped because they take so long to get released. Right. You know, people yeah. see them on the indie circuit. They see them at TIFF. They see, see them there. Yeah. And these movies get so overhyped. And people, I think, just love saying like, hey, nobody's seen this movie and it's the best ever. There's right. that kind of like, right. hey, everyone. Right. So like... I do think Parasite was a victim of that, whatever that yeah. early. Because like, I love hype, mm-hmm. but there's like a different kind of hype. I don't know, where it's like exclusive hype in a way, maybe. Like, hey, I've seen yeah. this and yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, available yeah, yeah. for anybody to see <laughs> right, yet. Right, right, right. So. Well, but like, t- talking about the film itself, like to its credit, mm-hmm. some of the best characters, best like, introduction of characters that I've seen in a movie in a very long time. Like, you're immediately, you're like, okay, I get these people, I'm on board, I sympathize, even though... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Even though they're doing stuff that's, like, sketch, I'm sympathizing, I'm rooting for them, kind Mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. And then, like, when it gets into the, like, weird class politics that it gets into, it's like, okay, this is really fascinating how, like, like, what seems like they look upon themselves as the lowest cast, but then they meet these people and then they put themselves above them. And it's like, okay, how do, what are we saying here? Yeah. And it's funny because I saw it in a fairly large group and the group was split down the middle pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least two or three people had the opposite read of the majority of my group mm-hmm. where they thought it was actually saying like the wrong thing about class dynamic and like that it was anti um, like poor people or whatever. Whoa. Uh, which was interesting because I was like, I was like, that wasn't my read. My read was more like, the point is like everyone in every class is yeah. just doing what they think is best for themselves. Totally, because one of the best characters Ian was the the main mother of the rich house. Yeah, yeah, so good. She was amazing. Yeah, so amazing. And it's like, but it's like she kind of did some bad things, right? Too. And my takeaway yeah. is like every, no matter what part. No matter where you see yourself or how you fit into the wealth dynamic, I think you're you're going to be cutthroat in certain ways, and I think that's what it was trying to mm-hmm. say. But like they thought it was saying like that the the main family was like the victims, or ru- something. well ruthless and like shouldn't be trusted and like oh, was yeah. bad, you know. And I was okay. like, well, I didn't really paint the rich family that well either in my eyes. Like subtlety, yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. It, it's which I like. Like I like movies that make people talk about stuff like that. Yeah. Cuz yeah, the dad, really the dad of the rich family was like seemed like a good dad. He loved his kids if I remember correctly. He loved his kid hanging out, you know, out in the Yeah. when they're, you know. Definitely, yeah, but definitely like looks down on people even though he acts like he doesn't, you For know. Sure. It's kind of like For sure. when he does the smell thing. Yeah. Uh, uh interesting movie. Very interesting movie. Guaranteed one of those movies that I'll love ten times more when I see it again. Yeah. No hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah, watch yeah, it with yeah. a better eye. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. If you haven't seen his mother, his movie Mother, <laughs> not to be confused with Darren Aronofsky's mother. Correct. Very different. No film. exclamation point yeah. on this mother. But that movie is And the host. So good. Still need to see the host. I really want to see it. But yeah, his Bong Joon Ho, right? Mm-hmm. His uh, mother is so good. Um, Noah Weinstein. I think the best time I had at the movie theater this year, or possibly ever, was Endgame. Yeah. I feel weirdly guilty about it, mostly because the Disney monopoly is so scary, but it did everything it set out to do. It nailed the vision so well, it was a little astounding. Portals! <laughs> I think there could be a lot of value in seeing certain movies, especially mass-produced ones, such as the MCU, as more of a social experience than a film, in a good way. Almost like, well, a theme park. <laughs> totally. Uh, also, shout out to Alita and It Chapter 2 for being my trash TM. <laughs> Bill Hader can and must EGOT. I love Bill Hader. Um, Alita was fucking amazing. I... Cut out Hugo. Yeah, that's my thing. I, I straight up want to do a re-edit yep. and just cut Hugo out of that movie entirely. Cut Hugo out. Love Alita. Please, please let there be a sequel. We yeah. need one more shot. Yeah. We need another shot at this. And please just kill Hugo immediately. Take Hugo out. Raise the stakes by killing Hugo. Straight out of the opening shot. Opening shot. He's already been stabbed. Cut in. He's yeah. bleeding out. Yeah, yeah. Boom. No, no. Don't even give him, don't even give him a word edgewise. <laughs> he has a... Like, T-1000 has a sword through his head. That's how the movie starts. And Hurry Alita... Hugo! Yeah, Alita's just like, No! How dare you! And then she just, like, kills 50 people. That um, barroom brawl oh, is so good. easily one of my favorite scenes of 2019. And I really liked her performance. I thought she was really good in yeah. it. I saw her in something else that now I can't remember what it was. But the whole time I was like, why she does she look so familiar Amazon, to me? That animated Scanner Darkly style thing. Yeah, but this one was... Wait, was it that? Oh, something she was in. I don't yeah, I don't know. Must have been. I saw her in something and I was like, why does she look so familiar? But I can't place her. Um, Glad they brought up It Chapter 2 because... You didn't like it. <sighs> Did you? I'm probably wrong, but It Chapter 1 is like, to me, one of the best horror movies ever. Sorry, I love it. Chapter one, I, I I hold it maybe a little too in high regard of it. Chapter one, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Chapter one, I'm obsessed with it. I love love it. So I think my expectations might have been a little too high for chapter two. I thought two was a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back and watch it all in one go. Sure, sure. Uh, but I think I had a little too high expectations. I need to go back in because I'm not sure. I left slightly disappointed. I mean, I haven't seen either one because I'm too afraid. But like, from what I've heard, I don't think your expectations were really the problem. Like, nobody seemed to like two. Yeah, especially compared to one. Like, yeah. one was pretty. Everyone liked it. I feel like the first one and two were definitely a little more divisive. Yeah, sure. 
Alexander Zirinov says, I've got to share my love for season eight of Game of Thrones because no one else will. Absolutely love that it didn't end like a typical work of fiction and shows much more realistic approach. Also, the cinematography and music were really impressive. I mean, the story on paper is cool. This has been said a million times, yeah. but the execution was abysmal. Was abysmal. They, I think they didn't take the time. Like, no, they could have kept the outline of everything that happened, which I'm fine with, and just taken twice as long, and it would have been believable. Maybe. Yeah. There are a few things that are just like too dumb, but like, yeah, and, and that that's where the big argument comes is like the people defending it are like like the story. Yeah, but on the other side, it's like I like the story too. Yeah, but I was it all was about Game of Thrones. Yeah, but I, I just thought the way it was presented was uh, abysmal, dude. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it. Well, it just was so rushed. They didn't take the weird thing was with a sh- for a show that initially took its time. Yeah. Like it took like episodes for people to get from one location to another. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and like there was character development and motivation, mm-hmm. and you saw the change in people. This one was just like it was like the Cliff's Notes, and it felt of yeah. Game of Thrones season eight. And you, as an audience member, I did. I felt them wanting to be done with it. Yeah, and that's a terrible feeling. They wanted eight. to go do Star Wars, and then Disney was like, "You guys suck. You're fired." Yeah, and they were like, "Oh well, we got all this money for a Netflix show, so we're gonna have to bow out of Star Wars." I'm like, "Well, I then they were gonna that do that's that." What happened? They were gonna do that civil war thing that was oh controversial and that so it's that like, would have been so stupid what is even going on dude yeah i'm just really disappointed i'm glad pe- at least somebody liked game yeah. of thrones yeah. but i've never gone from loving a universe to being completely indifferent yeah as hard as as that star wars is getting pretty damn close <laughs> yeah I, I care I, about the mandalorian and that's <laughs> about it yeah yeah just disappointed for me personally Disappointed, not even angry. Yeah. Like a parent. I'm not just mad. Disa- it's just, yeah. You could have been better. That's kind of my thing with the whole new Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. I keep bringing it up. I don't I don't like talking about it, but whatever. And 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 Game of Thrones is like possibility murder. Like when you make that choice, when you make one choice, when you when you make 7 just a rehash of 4 or whatever, mm-hmm. you're killing every other possibility that you could have done that might have been better or interesting or challenging or thoughtful yep. or planned out ahead of time or not rushed. Yeah. And like yeah, like going from 6 to 7 is so ridiculous cuz you're like um didn't we like win? Where right. the where is where where is all this coming from? Why are we just hitting the reset button? Why do we all no of a sudden reason? have billions of first order star destroyers and no resistance, even though we just won? Yeah, and they were like, well, Ooh, like thirty years, years ago, ago whatever. Yeah, man. but like, Give me a break, dude. So yeah, lazy. they had a government in place. Yeah, it's, so that's lazy. why Mandalorian is so cool because it's like they're dealing with the New Republic as the government, mm-hmm. and like law is sketchy and weird yeah. still, and it's. And I don't want anyone pointing. Way more interesting. I don't want anyone pointing to novels or comic books. No, no. Okay, if you cannot. If it con- ain't in the movies, you didn't do it. Exactly. If you cannot convey this information right. in a movie, clearly keep- they don't care about that because Palpatine woke up off screen. It's trash. Yeah. But we're not talking about Star Wars or Game of Thrones or Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. What? A- what happened? Whatever. So disappointing. Would dude. you kindly? Monos, where Apocalypse Now meets Lord of the Flies and Fitzgeraldo. Good God. Yeah, this was playing at Arclight for a week. Timeless nightmare set in Latin American jungle. Amazing soundtrack by Micah Levy, who also scored Under the Skin. Oh, yeah, that was a dope soundtrack. Their favorite of the decade. Favorite film of the decade. 
Under the Skin was cool. It grew on me after I learned more about the process. And the creator. Did they play the fall in front of your the lighthouse? They didn't, right? No, I didn't get to see that yet. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Okay, dude, watch that. Gotta Please watch that. watch that short film. I hadn't heard of Monos. This one, I've got to see it because I love Apocalypse Now and Fitzcarraldo and Lord of the Flies and everything. Sounds real intense. <laughs> yeah. Depressing. Zach Wojnar, my favorite movie of the year is Back Fork. It's a little indie written by, directed by, and starring Josh Stewart going full triple threat. Mm. Huber knows him from Punisher Season 2. Season 2. Josh Stewart. The movie is an intimate look at the opiate crisis in West Virginia from the point of view of a blue-collar guy struggling with addiction and having trouble reaching out because of his uh, culture of toxic masculinity. Dude. 10 out of 10, don't skip. Sounds amazing. Yeah, sounds really intense. I was lucky enough to re- interview Josh for Screen Rant, and it's one of my favorite interviews out of the 112 I've done this year. Dude. I counted. You don't <laughs> have to read my self-serving self-shout-out if you don't want to. I do want to, Zach. Yes. Good job. That's sick. That's a lot of interviews. I've never heard of that movie. In one year? Good. 112 interviews in one year. That's a lot. Every couple days. I, I, haven't, I hadn't heard of that movie either. See, this is why I love you people. You like bring these cool new things yeah, that I hadn't even heard of. Monos and Back Fork. Back fork. Gotta check him out. <laughs> oh yeah, we need to we need to make sure we see color out of space. I don't even that one. Nicholas Cage in a HP uh, Lovecraft <laughs> movie. It looks say no more bonkers. Aim. I'm sure it is, is it awful. Uh, it's coming out like this month, oh which doesn't God. bode well for it. Okay, but in <laughs> so it's in. Like, I, I think I think that the villain <laughs> is just like a strange color. Which I guess, knowing H.P. Lovecraft is a racist piece of trash, probably oh, don't read into that. Shit. But like, shit. Yeah. I guess. I wonder. Maybe I, just, I just thought of that right now. They'll probably revise. Yeah. Hopefully, coming. it's not like xenophobic panic yeah. kind of a storyline. Yeah. But yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Nicholas Cage. Um, Getting paid. Looking for that page. <laughs> Looking for that page. Always. I love Nicholas Cage, man. That guy's out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> Megan Linhart. It was so hard, but it really came between The Lighthouse and Uncut Gems, and Uncut Gems took it. This film had me on the edge of my seat from the moment it began. Intense, erratic, and loud. The Safdie brothers continue to impress me. Their skill behind the camera makes for such a gripping thrill ride. Agreed. Varun Kachwaha says, John Wick, Chapter 3. Yeah. Absolute genre bias and not the best film, but probably my favorite of the year. Uh... Loved number two a little more, so three was slightly... I did prefer two to three, I think, but I yeah. liked three also. Yeah. Jeremy Ferris says, I need Ian and Huber, uh, Ian and Huber's takes on The Lighthouse and Uncut Gems. Yeah, we Two did total out-of-nowhere movies that I immediately fell in love with. Well, there you go. Yeah. You got them. Definitely. Adam Mullaney, favorite movie was probably Joker, which was way better than any Joker origin movie should have been. Also, Walkin' Phoenix, that. holy F word. Legit forgot about Joker. I kind of tried to. You know I love Batman more than anything. Yeah. Like, no disrespect. I Joker just... Yeah, I... Um, it was like empty ca- calories for me. It was like a bowl of popcorn or something. It's strange. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, can I'm, see why a lot of people would like it. I, um, I mean, like, I do think... I mean, obviously, like, it's been talked to, into the ground, but, like... You know, tone death thing aside, I just found it kind of boring. But I think for me, again, it's similar to an Uncut Gems or Sid and Nancy kind of a vibe where it's like, this is just a man destroying himself, mm-hmm. and so I can't relate, you know? Mm-hmm. 
like Joker isn't a tragic, you know, hero or anything. And I know he's yeah. not supposed to be. Yeah. But totally. I don't know. That would have been an interesting way to take it. You well, know, that's kind of you like... You want to come out with a crazy new Joker's tale that's never been done before. Like, right. make me sympathize with this character, maybe. Twist the lore a bit. Well, like, when the they kind of danced around the origins that yeah. didn't really turn out to pay... You know what I mean? Uh, that kind of subplot. Oh, yeah. Where I was like, hmm. Yeah. I haven't really seen this take. Yeah. But then they kind of dropped it. Yeah. I just think... I don't know. I think that I think what Todd Phillips thought he was doing and what he actually did were different, two different things. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta. I'm gonna give it another chance because that and it chapter two and Parasite are three movies that on paper I should love, and I came out of all three of those movies like good. Yeah. Moving on. Is that just because there's so many things? Is that because I, well, like, Joker had like such like meta contextual narrative like on top of it yeah. that like it crumpled under the weight of its own you know place in society I, I don't know whatever I gotta go back uh gotta go again Michael Seward Wild Rose story about a troubled young Scottish woman who dreams of becoming a US country singer brilliant performance from Jesse Buckley I hadn't even heard of that one wow. sounds pretty cool Carl Williams, favorite movie of 2019 is a tie between Endgame and Marriage Story. Like I said last year, it was uh, when I said Infinity War was my favorite 2018 movie, if I liked Endgame, it was going to be my favorite of 2019 no matter what. Then I saw Marriage Story, and I was like, well, damn, I guess Endgame is going to have some company for the top spot. <laughs> I love those two being tied yeah, with each other. That, dude, that, those are in my top five. I've heard good things about Marriage Story. I just didn't care to watch it, but then... I, I don't know. I keep hearing about it, so I need to watch it. I, watch guess. it. I like Adam Driver. It grew on me even more. When I watched it, I was like, oh, that was good. And then I kept thinking about that movie. Really? Kept thinking about it. I got to see it. Yeah. Todd Kremer says, I always have trouble picking my favorite movies of the year, but I had the most fun in the theater with John Wick 3 and Ford vs. Ferrari and Endgame. Those are probably the ones I saw that benefited the most from a theatrical viewing of, as well. The best this year, I think, is Little Women. Despite not being a huge fan of Lady Bird, I was floored with how much I loved Gerwig's take on this book. It was just so goddamn wholesome the whole time. I loved Parasite, Uncut Gems, and Jojo Rabbit, but something about Little Women is going to keep me coming back for years to come. Little Women is one of my sister's favorites, and so I really want to see this one. I like Greta Gerwig. I loved Lady Bird. Beth was named after Beth from Little Women. Oh, really? Yep. Noise. Gotta see it. Mm -hmm. Sam Sorensen says, Jojo Rabbit made me think and feel. Uh, we talked about this one at the wife's birthday dinner for a bit. Rocket Man was a musical I didn't expect. Uh, Knives Out is my favorite whodunit in a long time, but Booksmart takes the cake. Booksmart I missed. I didn't see Booksmart, um, but I want to. All right, and I ended each, each, ca each category with Tokyo Slim. Nice. Mainstay of our show. How you doing, Tokyo Slim? Hope you're doing well. Uh, between A-list, private screenings, festival, preview, and press screenings, and special events, I ended up seeing just over 300 movies in theaters this year. Here are his top fives with brief comments. How, that's a lot of movies. That is in the theater. In Not the just at home. In theater. 300 something like in a year at home and theater combined, like I can conceive. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> I'm impressed. I am blown away by that number. 
Um, number one, Parasite, the good Joker origin story film of this year. <laughs> Bong Joon-ho's story of class and wealth stratification <laughs> makes some unexpected turns and delivers. What, in my opinion, is actually maybe not only my top film of the year, but of the decade. Wow. Jojo Rabbit. On its face, a comedy film about Hitler Youth and Nazi Germany is a really tough sell for me. Me too. Taika Waititi is an insane genius, however, and not only was this a fantastic comedy, but unexpectedly poignant and touching in scenes as well. When people complain about not being able to make edgy comedies anymore, this film cements in my mind that they are probably just bad writers. Yeah. (laughs) If you can make a comedy about Hitler, like... Yeah. That's not offensive and funny, like... Yeah. You're a genius. Oh! This movie, I wanted to see this, and I haven't yet. One Cut of the Dead. I know, dude. What the hell? I went into this movie 100% blind. I would recommend that anyone wanting yeah. to see it does the same. Um, it's I'm like, not going to read the rest of that then, because I want people to go yeah, it's on, in blind. It's on, like, one of those horror streaming things, dude. Shudder, probably. Shudder, yeah. Shudder. The Farewell, a really touching examination of a family and of family and culture. Excuse me. I think as a first-generation American-born Asian person, this might have had extra relevance and impact on me, but I think that you can still get a lot out of it even if you're not part of a family with radically different culture than that which you live in. Knives Out, number five. I think this movie is uh, was being pre-hyped as similar to Clue, which it's not, but it is a great genre whodunit. Uh, movie has fa- fun interfamiliar sniping from an all-star cast and rewards multiple watchings to catch some of the nuances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet it would. Go I back. really do. Um, all right, next category is least favorite. Ooh, I'm gonna go a little faster, okay. maybe. But uh, just because I don't like to dwell on negativity, yeah, much uh, contrary to public opinion of me, perhaps. Um, Tim O'Keefe, Joker. I just really disliked this movie. I think the biggest issue I had was that it wasn't uh, that Joker never really felt like Joker to me. It was just a guy who had a really bad life, and nothing he did on his way to becoming the Joker made him feel like the Joker. I sort of agree. Maybe that was my problem with it. That's not a problem for me at all. Mm. Adam Mullaney, least favorite was Six Underground. I should know what I'm getting into with a Michael Bay but yeah. by now, but I just won't learn. Mm-hmm. The guy is psychologically a 23-year-old cokehead, and he'll never change. That's funny. That's pretty funny. I really like Ryan Reynolds. Me too. <laughs> I like the title because it puts that weird song in my head. Take me down, six underground. I haven't heard it. <laughs> it's like from the 90s or something. Uh, Virtual Self says Star Wars 9, just bad. Yeah. Colt Smith, Hellboy, not because I thought it was terrible, but it wasn't, and uh, and I wanted, oh, but it wasn't what I wanted, and definitely didn't have the charm and the life of the Del Toro films. The Man, Hellboy 2, the Del Toro Hellboy 2, is just so cool. It has so many cool, like, costumes and stuff. Oh, man. Silent Constant, Brightburn. Did you have something to say? Or that was it? I was just, just saying, oh, man. I want to hug Guillermo yeah, del Toro oh, so bad. I want you to hug Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Shook his hand. That you was did? cool. Yeah. When? Over at LACMA a couple years ago. He had a He was there? Yeah, he was I showing, went to that. Um, it was great. He had that and then separately he was showing Crimson Peak. Oh wow. Um so I was like, hell yeah, I'll see Crimson Peak again. He's gonna be there. And then he does it. He does the QA. And you know, he's trying to leave, and everyone's like swarming him to get everything, like sign, blah, 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 blah. 
and he's like on stage. He's kind of like leaning down, like doing shit. And I come up just off to the side. I'm like, Mr. Del Toro, just a handshake. Just a handshake. He is. A hand- oh, yeah. Shook my hand. That's it. Boom. In Beautiful. and out. In and out. Your skin has touched <laughs> yes. the skin of yes. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I, I love that. I never knew that. So stoked. Silent Constant and Brightburn. This movie was just so terribly written. The character development isn't hmm. there. The message of this movie is a mess. It really it's feels disturbing. like if they wrote What If Superman But Evil on a piece of paper and called it a screenplay. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was... I've heard a few people say basically that. I thought it was okay. Not great. I thought it was okay because... It was, dude, it was like creepy in a realistic way, man. Like, yeah, I haven't seen he's either. a little kid and he gets attracted yeah, to a yeah. little girl, like a teen, high school girl. Uh oh. And he's in, it, I think he's in high school. Or no little. good ever comes of that. So he has superpowers and he's like a, obsessed with this girl, dude. And it's freaky and creepy as hell and uncomfortable. Uh. I thought that movie was pretty decent. Uh. Matt Hastings. The Dead Don't Die, Adam Driver and Bill Murray in a zombie comedy? How could this movie fail? Make it a weird fourth wall breaking anti consumer themed slog. Not sure what Jarmusch was thinking or going for, but I kind of hated it. I I, agree. That movie is terrible. I heard it was so bad. And I love Jim Jarmusch. Like, uh, Only Lovers Left Alive is so good. Dead Man, Ghost Dog. Everyone's got a. You know? Everyone comes up snake eyes once in a while. Yeah, but it's it's just so (laughs) weird because this movie. It didn't even seem it like it wasn't even near clever. It just felt like a bad film school mm-hmm. like screenplay. Something went wrong. Something went wrong. Something went wrong. It it felt very amateur and like mm-hmm. really weird for Jim Jarmusch. Mm-hmm. Cuz usually his stuff is more like Any adult re- and nuanced. Anything redeeming to take away from it? Not really. Was he trying to like say anything? Was he trying to? He was trying to, to say like consumerism is bad, but yeah. it's like it's not two thousand one, dude. Like we know. It felt like it felt like a movie out of like nineteen ninety nine. It was so weird. It was weird. Tilda Swinton was kind of funny, I guess. I don't know. Love me some Adam Driver. Yeah, well that's the thing. <laughs> Everyone in it is amazing, but it's just like oh my god. Yeah. Don't Dude, even I, don't I, even try. It's not even worth I'm it. I'm more and more convinced Adam Driver is is the actor of our generation now. He was in like 80 movies yeah, this year. Yeah. And and what a wide range. Yeah. The man is amazing. Yeah. Um Brian Cause, or some say Cosm, <laughs> as far as least favorite goes, I went in completely ready to love Alita Battle Angel and kind of hated it. It's been a while it's since I saw it, but I, it's cuz of Hugo. <laughs> But I remember the dialogue being a real sticking point for me. Just awful stuff that just makes Hugo's. me not like any of the characters. Probably, Brian, just, you just mean Hugo yeah. is trash, probably. is what <laughs> Just Hugo's Hugo is just like, just total garbage. <laughs> I feel so bad. Yo, if you're the actor, hey, it's Hugo. Hey, it's not his fault. It's not you, man. It's not his <laughs> fault. That character just shouldn't exist. <laughs> Alita doesn't need yeah. Hugo. It's just so, it brings the movie down. Way down. Also, like, her scene when she, like, Tries to give him her heart. It's just so Dude, dumb and crazy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Alita's sick. Hey, little flea. <laughs> Great villain. That villain is so sick. So anime. insane, dude. I mean, it's literally anime. Yep. Uh, dude, please, Alita 2. The last thing I heard about Alita 2 happening was that because of the goddamn Fox merger. Oh, yeah. Corporate. Sony just kind of. Or uh, Disney. Disney owns yeah. everything. <laughs> They're just like, no, get out. Yeah. So uh, the get out. Alita, the actress, was like, um, I don't really think Disney is concerned about Alita right now. If you want to be, yeah, I just, <laughs> if we want to be honest, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. She loved it. I, I heard like the actor was having a blast. Megan Linhart, Lion King 2019. They they wanted to give it a shake. Yeah, me but too. It was vapid, emotionless cash grab. Wow. That was yeah. Favreau. Favreau had finally hit a miss, but I, I think know. it still made a billion. Do you I'm think that's sure. a win or a loss? Here's the thing. For a director, if they make complete, like, Suicide Squad, right? Is that a win or a loss for David Ayer? It depends. Like, this is a win for Favreau because it's not going to be a blemish on his career, I think. Hmm. Whereas Suicide Squad could be. Because I made over a bill. But it's like, yeah. the That's the thing. Like, everyone was saying, like, about JJ and whatever. It's yeah. like, why do these guys keep getting chances even though they're not good? And it's because they make money. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter if they're good. In, in fact, it might even be better if they're not thoughtful <laughs> and interesting because it makes more money. Yeah. And, I mean, like, the test of time will show, like, how this trilogy of Star Wars, for example, is probably won't live on as, like, a classic, like the original trilogy certainly is, like, hopefully that Disney takes a lesson out of that mm-hmm. and doesn't just keep trying to print money. Hot take. Star Wars 1 through 6, sci-fi fantasy. Star Wars 7 through 9, superheroes. They're superhero movies. Yeah. Straight up. Kind of. That's my take. 1 through 6, straight up science fiction fantasy. uh, 7 through 9 obviously has sci-fi fantasy stuff in there, but it's way more in common with a superhero movie than to science fiction. And the old Star Wars movies are all about that sci-fi, all about like context, working governments, working droids, like give me all that good stuff. Yeah. Like, dude, there's a scene in Revenge of the Sith. Remember when Grievous's ship is going down and they're like, fire the boosters, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's like yeah. all this 45 seconds of like showing the boosters lock in and like the and, like the science of it, dude. Yeah. When the ships crash landing on the planet and all the fire, the fire ships come to like Shoot the fire out as it's landing, like <laughs> world building, dude. Yeah, so cool. This isn't my joke. I can't remember. I saw a video that said this, but they were like about nine. They were like the first movie written by Reddit, <laughs> written and directed by Reddit. Written I saw and directed that. by Reddit. I saw that. Uh, truer words. <laughs> uh, Varen Kachwaha, least favorite. It chapter two. What do they say about it? Uh, this was easy. It Chapter 2 is easily the worst film I saw in the cinema. It just felt like it was a com- compilation of horror scene after horror scene, and none of them were scary because CGI was so used so much that mm. none of the monsters looked even plausibly real. Mm. A joke after every tense scene, none of the charm of the original, mm. nothing added to the original story, just a pointless film. Ouch. You know, the that's why I think I like so many movies, Ian. Uh-huh. Is because I see what's wrong with it, but the intent is good. Sure. So then then it makes me like it. You know what I mean? Right. It Chapter 2, non-spoilers, there's a scene early on where they're like, all right, like, everyone go take care of your thing and then meet back here, right? Yeah. So that translates to a movie of like, okay, 20 minutes with you, now 20 minutes with you, now 20 minutes with you. Right. And like- that's so tiring. Yeah. And then by the time they get back to like, in the movie, they they all come together again. And then it's like, wait, what were we doing? Right. Because that was an hour and a half ago. You should watch Cats. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. 
So it's like that that intent is the the narrative intent is there of like, yo, we're trying to tell each person's story. Right. But it came off cumbersome and, and heavy. It came off heavy. Yeah. Vignettes like that. I mean, assuming that's how it kind of is laid out. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard to pull off yeah. in a way that feels good. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. Yeah. That was, that's, yeah, that was, I remember that was one of my main problems coming out of it. Because mm. I remember that it's like, all right, we're all back together. And it's like, literally in the theater, because I saw it alone, I was like, wait, what were they all doing? Like, literally, you were the only person in the theater? Oh, no, there were like a couple. Oh, oh okay, okay. One of the best people ever, there was a solo dude off to the right. And when Stephen King makes cameo, spoilers, oh, he goes, the guy in the theater, Stephen King comes up, and, he, and the guy just goes, <laughs> just one loud audible. <laughs> uh, I've definitely done that yeah. accidentally, like yeah. not on purpose. I oh, think I did a couple yeah. of those in Star Wars. Yeah. I can't stop talking about Star Wars, even I though I never want to. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just because it's so fresh and in, in, yeah. in our minds right it's now. It's a big thing, guys. Yeah, the Skywalker saga. It's over. Is it? Probably not. Uh, Michael Seward. X-Men, Dark Phoenix, just uninspired and dull. So many great actors underused. I, I liked it. I saw it on demand after the fact. I'm not even kidding. I watched this on demand. It'd be, good. It'd be a good, like, plane movie. Oh, Dude. yeah, I saw Hobbs and Shaw on a plane the other day. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, it's kind of fun. You'll nice. dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Fast and Furious is a little tough for me because my bro. So mm-hmm. I've been kind of... It, uh, it has very little it. Fast and Furious kind of in totally. it. My, yeah. My brother would have been pissed about the movie even existing because oh, we yeah. liked the street racing of the originals, sure, sure, which sure. is long gone. Long gone. Yeah. Yeah. They're, th- you want a superhero movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Literal superhero. Idris Elba, like, cabled metal arms, right? Black <laughs> Superman. Yeah, yeah. Does he turn into a car? No. Okay. Does no. he turn into a motorcycle? His motorcycle is basically a transformer, but he doesn't turn into the motorcycle. Okay. But the motorcycles are very cool. Awesome. They're like weird. I think they're Triumph motorcycles, but they're like they can like rotate and they're all crazy. Nice. They're like something out of iRobot or something. Very cool. It's cool. I gotta watch it. Uh, Carl Williams' least favorite movie, 2019, Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Sorry, Sophia. Ouch. Yeah, that was it. Was okay. Tokyo Slim checks really, notes. Really huh? quick, really quick shout out to um, Sophie Turner in X Men: Dark Phoenix. I'm not even kidding. Am sure, I... she did a great job with a bad script. Yeah, I felt her emotion the whole way through. Yeah. I, I really wanted to shout that out because I was Just talking like to Jones the about it. The villain was so weird in that. Yeah, and like everything was so weird about not, it. Yeah, not a good movie. And like that's another I one where it. it was very clear. Game of Thrones season eight, like, is so clear that Jennifer Lawrence just wanted out of there. Oh my god, yeah, it was palpable. Yeah, no part of it. It has been palpable for a few movies, but this one, it was just like, my god. Yeah. So like, she barely even came on set. It seemed like mm-hmm. it was amazing. I yeah. was like, wow, you hate this. Yeah. Um, Tokyo Slim says checks notes. Forty-seven meters down, uncaged was my lowest-rated theatrical released film this year. I don't even know what that is. The like sequel shark movie? to the shark, yeah. <laughs> There's actually a couple shark movies I haven't seen. Oh, Crawl! Shout out to Crawl. The Gator movie? Yeah. Did that come out this year? 2019. Wow. That was one of the best horror movies of the year, no doubt. Um. All right. Even faster now. Best actor, any gender. Megan Leinart, Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, Virtual Self 11, Antonio Banderas in Moldovar's Pain and Glory. I may be biased because I worked in this film. Lol. That's cool. But his work acting as Moldovar is just crazy, and seeing his, the international recognition he is having just makes me so happy. Really hoping he gets an Oscar. 
Please, Ian, I know you like Pedro, so watch this film if you have not. It's his best work of the last years. I have not seen this one yet. I missed it while it was in theaters. Um, But, yeah, I really want to see it. I do like Amaldivar. Cool that you worked with Amaldivar. That's That's so cool. Almodovar. I'd probably say his name wrong. (laughs) Uh, Michael Seward, Taron Edgerton as Elton John and Rocketman. Carl Williams, Adam Driver. Colt Smith, there were a ton of standout performances. Robert Pattinson in Lighthouse, both Caitlin, Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein in Booksmart, Keanu and John Wick 3, Joe Pesci for going against type in The Irishman, the list goes on. Tim O'Keefe, Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse, just an incredible performance. There were specific scenes, without spoiling, where Dafoe is just amazing in what must have been difficult conditions, yes. <laughs> uh, Zach Wojnar, the best actor of the year is Edward Norton for his performance in Alita, Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, for his role in Motherless Brooklyn, which I didn't see. I forgot Ooh, about that movie. I heard it was. You heard it was bad? But if they liked it. Who knows? Uh, apparently he plays a Tourette-stricken private eye who investigates the murder of his friend in 1950s New York. Uh, Matt Hastings says, Brad Pitt, let's give this man an Oscar already. He deserves it. Between yeah. Ad Astra and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he really had a stellar year. His performances aren't flashy, but he's just getting better. God, he was good in that movie. Both of them. I, I liked him in both. Would you kindly, as Joaquin Phoenix is obvious choice, I will choose Brad Pitt for Ad Astra or Once Upon. Hey. Specifically that shirtless atten- antenna scene. <laughs> Todd Kremer, Florence Pugh, for not a single performance, but between Midsummer and Little Women, I don't think anyone has given b- better performances this year. She just knocks it out of the park, and I'm hyped for Black Widow almost solely because she's in it. I concur. Her performance in Midsummer is very, very good. Really good. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Like, yeah. I would, it would be my favorite if it weren't for Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Oh, she did a good job? Next level for me. Wow. Next level. Good. Uh, Tokyo Slim, I didn't particularly enjoy The Lighthouse, but both Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson did great. Eddie Murphy in Dolomite is my name is also a great return to form for him, I think. Aquafina in The Farewell, though I th- may think maybe she was maybe playing her within her comfort zone. Samara Weaving in Ready or Not, one of the tightest, best-paced movies of the year in, in Tokyo Slim's opinion, shows her budding superstar chops in both comedy, action, and horror, and J-Lo and Hustlers. I actually yeah. really liked Ready or Not, too. It was kind of fun. I need to see that one. It's, it's just, I mean, it is, it just is what it is. It's one of those movies where it's just, what it is, it is what it is and it's fun and good and just a crazy little movie and then you go home. It is what it is. Love a good one of those. Best director, Megan Linhart, Robert Eggers. It just amazes me that this director is only on his second film. The Lighthouse felt like a film made by someone who has mastered their craft. Everyone is so, everything is so deliberate and so thought out. The Witch was very much the same boat. The Safdie brothers are a close second with uncut gems. Anything these guys do is just amazing. I kind of agree, I think, personally. Uh, Matt Hastings says Taika Waititi. Virgil Self, Bong Joon-ho, and Amaldivar. True, auteurs. Tim O'Keefe, Robert Eggers. Uh, same stuff. Uh, Adam Mullaney, best director, goes to Sam Mendes for 1917. Anyone who has seen it will understand. Mm-hmm. This movie is not only a technical masterpiece, but to wrap a relevant, fascinating, and heart-pounding story around that technical wizardry has to be applauded. That makes me very curious to see that movie. Haven't had a chance yet. 
Cold Smith, Ryan Johnson for turning the best mystery film I have seen, turning in the best mystery film I have seen in ages. Beautifully shot, expertly paced, impeccably written. Took me back to how much I loved Brick. Agreed. I just watched Brick the other day too, and I really like that one. That's a good one. Would you kindly know a Bombach, Marriage Story, and Jonah Hogg, The Souvenir? The latter is an amazing relationship story set in London's 80s. Zach Wojnar, for Best Director, I'm making a surprise shout-out to Gideon Raff for his work on the Netflix film The Red Sea Diving Resort. The movie didn't make as big a splash, is that a joke, as I think some were hoping, but I found it nothing less than magical how Raff was able to balance the jolly spy heist tone against the very real politics and war crimes that these agents were set sent in to investigate. I think some people might still think it's a schizophrenic mess, but it clicked with me, and I'd like to think I'm not the only one. Hmm. Michael Seward, Dexter Fletcher, Fletcher, after all of the BS of Dexter not getting the directional credit for Bohemian Rhapsody after Brian Singer was fired, he knocks it out of the park with Rocket Man. Nice. Uh, Todd Kremer says Bong Joon-ho, Parasite, hit all the right emotional aesthetic notes, of, and a big part of that is how capable of a director he is. He does seem to be a really good director. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo Slim, I mean... I feel like Bong Joon-ho took a huge step forward this year with Parasite. Best screenplay. Damn, nobody said Tarantino. Yeah. Best screenplay, Megan Linhart says Parasite. Colt Smith says The Lighthouse Under the Silver Lake or Knives Out. Matt Hastings says Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, and says Give Him an Oscar. Virtual Self 11, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Yeah, dude. Tim O'Keefe, Knives Out. Would You Kindly, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Chernobyl, even though it's a TV show. Uh, But that's okay. Michael Seward, Knives Out. Uh, let's have some more Benoit Blanc. I do declare. Uh, Todd Kramer, other people have mentioned as well, but Knives Out. Uh, he, he also says that uh, not only does it have twists and turns, but Ryan Johnson's prose in the screenplay form is delightful to read. It's carefully constructed on the page and surgically executed in the final form. If you don't read the PDFs they release for award season, you're missing out. Hmm. Interesting to get an opinion from someone who's read the yeah. screenplay too. Tokyo Slim says, I either think Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or Ready or Not are my top three Ready this year. Cinematography, best, uh, Megan Lenart says The Lighthouse. Tim O'Keefe says Ad Astra. Varun Kachwaha says The Lighthouse. Colt Smith says Shadow, or 1917. What is Shadow? It's the... It's like a feudal Japan. Japan. Yeah. They have cool. Like really I have cool been. umbrella blades. Oh, I've got to see that one. Um, Silent Constant says Parasite. Uh, and then shouts out the scenes of the family running down the flood steps. Really good part. Dude, yeah. yeah that part. Some uh, of my favorite images of the year. Yeah. Parasite. Parasite is... No yeah. doubt. And it's like understated, but it's yeah. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good movie. Would You Kindly says Jasper Wolf for Manos. Uh, Morgan Mahala. Uh, John Wick. Couldn't stop grinning the whole movie. Todd Kremer. Uh, Uncut Gems. Tokyo Slim, I think the racing sequences in Ford v. Ferrari, while admitting, admittedly owing a lot to the style pioneered by John Frankenheimer, were pretty amazing. Rune Kachwaha uh, added a, a category of best score for Ad Astra. Nice. Uh, and they say, sorry, I know this isn't a section, but I just had to put it in there that Ad Astra had one of the best scores I've heard in a long time. It's so good that I would feel bad if it didn't mention it just once. Just absolutely unique and something that I could listen to all day. Just incredible. Also, shout out to I Lost My Body. That score will stay with me for a long time. Such a unique sound, and I think Ian would like it. I'll have to check that out. Um, 
It's funny, the score for Ad Astra, I've told this story before, but Brad Pitt was sitting behind me at a uh, Nils Fram concert, which was mind-blowing. But uh, there was a song that Nils Fram started, and I heard Brad Pitt go, yeah. And uh, that song, I think, is in Ad Astra. <laughs> that very song. It's <laughs> the funniest shit I've ever heard. Um, Brad Pitt seems all right. Brad Pitt does seem seems like all an all right. right dude, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Zach Wojnar also added a category of biggest surprise, uh, and the biggest surprise, no- hot take, huh? Surprises bother me. Oh, in this sense, like I always am offended when I read a review, uh-huh. and somebody says surprisingly heartfelt. Oh, sure. to me that means they were dismissing the movie to begin with, right? That they're surprised that, oh, this movie's actually heartfelt. Right. I don't know, dude. It, just my own weird personal hot take is I, I, that's always bothered me, like, my whole life. When I, from when I early, early, early started reading reviews and wanted to get into them. Yeah. Surprisingly amount of depth. Surprisingly amount of emotion. Like, yeah. Is that, I mean, is that just me, dude? No, you, I mean, I haven't, I haven't personally <laughs> thought about that, but you're totally right. It, 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 it betrays that they're coming in with, yeah, yeah some kind of a... Read well. This is the kind of surprise I think you like. Okay. Uh, Zach Wojnar says my biggest surprise of the year was Dora the Dora and the Lost City of Gold. <laughs> nice. It's hard to be self-aware and good-natured at the same time, but Dora makes it look easy. It's just a jolly ride full of heart, adventure, and comedy, and I was so glad I took a chance on it. <laughs> Love that. That is very cool. Um, I asked uh one question. Uh, to the patrons, but I, I think I'll just for time I'll just hear what you have to say about it, Huber. Uh, what do you think of 2019 films? Yeah, very solid. Yeah, a strong eight or eight point five out of ten. If we're going by the whole year, a couple things I've missed. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna love 1917. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like. I feel it like too. JoJo would be amazing, and I, I think really you'll like JoJo. It. Like, there's yeah. a couple couple holes that I need to plug, but. In terms of everything I've seen from comedies, drama, horror, franchise budget, indie, historical, the whole catalog of genres was hit with quality films. So I really liked it. We were talking about this a little beforehand, both with films and games, before Mm -hmm. we started filming. And I was saying that I need to, I, I have a tendency, I think, to look at each year in a context of like all time. Yeah. So it's like, I feel disappointed in a year in gaming or movies where like there wasn't a game that came out or a movie that came out that I think is like one of the greatest of all time. We you didn't know? get like, a No Country for Old Men. Right. We didn't year. get a No Country for Old Men this year. We didn't get a Paddington it a 2. It's a failure of a year. <laughs> And I think I need to divorce myself from that line of thinking, you know, because I think it's not fair, A, and it's less fun <laughs> to think that way. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, think- we got we got the no country of like Hollywood blockbusters today sure. in Avengers Endgame. The fact that they paid <laughs> off Endgame and it didn't suck to yeah. me is a huge victory this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if I take that hat off and just put on like a enjoying movies for the hell of it, because that's what you're supposed to do hat. Yeah, mm. I think this year was fairly solid. Like... Nothing, none of the movies I wanted to love did I love to the extent I wanted to love them, but uh, there were a lot that I think were really solid. Yeah. Yeah, so decent year. And it was really nice actually being able to go to the theater and watch some movies on Netflix at home. Yes. 
big year for streaming. Like being able to just throw on the Irishman four-hour movie just in the comfort of my own home was just so pleasant. Marriage sure. story as well, just being able to watch it with my wife at home and mm-hmm. doing that. Well, I never thought I'd say that, yeah. you know, because yeah. I love the you love theater. The theater. Yeah. You know, I love the movie theater. Is but this I, the year that you stopped buying everything physical too? Yeah. Big year, big year for you. Times are changing. The times, they are a changing. You know? So <laughs> I think I'm at a point now where it's like if a movie's not from my one of my favorite directors or if it's not special effects driven – I'll watch it at home, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah, some movies, if it's, available, if it's, it's a option. better option, yeah. Yeah, Sometimes like if Marriage Story was only playing in theaters, right. I would still go to the theater to see right, it. Right, right, right. But, but that's a movie that, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not hurt by watching. It's probably even helped, maybe, by watching, watching it. Watching it at, in the home yeah. with the wife was yeah. like yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, there were a couple parts when we were just like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right, Tokyo Slim is back. With the quote challenge. Oh, shit. So we don't have to think about him ourselves anymore. Cool. He'll do it for us. Uh, they missed it for last month, but here we go. I got two correct, apparently two months ago, and you got one correct. Okay. The ones that were missed were, I want to eat something that's alive, which is from Old Boy. Shit. And Hello, Vinny, it's your Uncle Bingo, time to pay the check. It's from Batman89. Batman. Burton's Batman? Yeah. Hello, Vinny. It's your Uncle Bingo. Time to pay the check. (laughs) I'm assuming Joker says that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. All right. This month. Here we go. Okay. All right. I know this first one. Number one, this magnificent feast here represents the last of the petty cash. I know this one. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead? Sadly, no. It's Ghostbusters. Dang it. Two. Because petty cash... There's a plot line in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead about petty cash. Damn it. (laughs) All right, I know this one too. Flames, flames on the sides of my face. This is like Monty Python or something. Kind of (laughs) close. I mentioned this. I mentioned this and one other person mentioned this. Robin Hood Men in Tights. In this episode. Damn it. was mentioned. I don't know. Think Knives Out. Brick. Nope. Also, one syllable. I don't know. Clue. Clue, damn it. <laughs> uh, three. This sounds so familiar, but I'm not sure. Marriage is a punishment for shoplifting in some countries. Oh, that sounds so familiar. Like raising Arizona or something. I don't know. Oh, man. What is that? It's going gonna, it's gonna to eat at me. That sounds know. familiar. God, we'll find out next month. We tough. don't know. Four, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. If we're not back by dawn, call the president. (laughs) Red dawn. You people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. If we're not back by dawn, call the president. I'm saying red dawn. (laughs) I want to say like... Oh, God. Yeah, some kind of like... Air Force One or some shit. Or like or like or like Independence Day two <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. Um and then five. It comes in pints? I'm getting one. I'm I'm pretty sure. Oh I'm trying to remember which oh, one. Oh, that's on the tip of my tongue, dude. This one hurts. This one's gonna eat at me. Do you know it? I don't know this, it comes but I in know pints? It. Oh. I think that's how he says it. Tell me. It comes in pints. It's on the tip of my tongue. I think it's Fellowship of the Ring. 
Might be might be one of the second or third the second or third one, but I think mm, no, it's wrong. it's Mary or Pippin says it, I think. In the fellowship. bar. It's, it's fellowship. fellowship. It's fellowship. It's fellowship. Yeah. He goes, It comes in pints? Yep. I'm getting one. I'm getting one. <laughs> yep. Totally. Fellowship. Yep. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Nice. We did it. Okay. Three out of five. Good lord. <laughs> Find out next month. <laughs> What uh, marriage is a punishment for shoplifting in some countries and call the president are from. Call the president. Um, next month, gird your loins, Ubisoft. Gird, gird your damn loins. Because we're doing the whole blasted decade Endgame. next month. Endgame. Endgame? Endgame. Best movie of the entire decade. Best Huber. movie of my life. Better than Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Really? Payoffs, baby. I guess. I like Infinity War better. Avengers Assemble. True. True. (laughs) A sterling moment in cinema history. And the the final dance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I guess, spoilers, it's it's Endgame for Hubert. It's been a long time. But uh, (laughs) next month we're going to go through... The best movies of the decade, but I do want, we have a little homework for this one. This it might this not time, be my number one, but we'll see. This time we uh, leaned heavily on the patrons, which we will do again. I, I think the the prompt for for this next month will literally just be a list of the years, and I want the patrons to just say their one favorite movie from every year, probably. Um, but I want us to do that too. Nice. Um, so I want us to come up with our favorite. I don't know. Should it just be one, or should it be like two or three of each year? It's homework. It's gonna be tough. But uh, yeah, I want to say one, one and an honorable mention. Sure. Okay. We'll there do we one and an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, and then we'll see how the numbers work out from the patrons, and uh, maybe we'll have an overall winner. Who knows? Nice. Um, yeah. For the whole decade. But yeah, decade means. I guess in this case, 2010 through 19. Cool. Um, yeah. So we'll see which year had uh, has the most shout-outs. Well, now that won't work if everyone has to do one for every year. Yeah. Because, that, yeah, that's that's something I, I'm interested in, though. Like, which year was better? Mm-hmm. You know? No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. That was what? 2007. Those are both 2007. Do not qualify. Best for this of all time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We'll the put them in. We'll the put them in. Best duo ever of films. Yeah. So 2007, <laughs> and then skip eight and nine, and then ten through nineteen. <laughs> if I hear any of you people shouting out Juno, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> anyways, speaking of shoutouts, the shoutouts for January 2020 are L. Thanis, Greg, the Dark Knight, Kettering. Caleb, Togi, Crawford, Will Schmuck, and Mr. One Luigi. Thank you very much to them. If you are interested in what I'm talking about, check out our Patreon.com slash Easy Allies. Uh, our Patreon.com slash Easy Allies yeah. is how we are funded primarily. Um, a little bit of money comes from ads and Twitch and all that kind of stuff, but the, the lion's share comes from beautiful people just like you who feed us. Um, and we are very appreciative, even though sometimes easy update videos are strange, <laughs> and it might seem like I'm not taking this seriously. I assure you yeah. that I am. Yes. And I love all of you, and thank you very much for your support, because we depend on it. So check out patreon.com slash easyallies. There is a shout-out tier on there. That's why those guys just got shouted out. Guys in the royal sense. Shout-out. Just out. individuals. Shout-out. 
Um, yeah, but check out youtube.com slash easy allies. This podcast is on Spotify now because I didn't realize that it wasn't before. Oh, <laughs> sure. and it is now. Nice. Sorry about that. Here we are. We Sorry know. for the delay. 2020. 2020. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thanks, Huber. Thank you, everyone who left a comment. Uh, oh, yeah, if you want to get in on that, that's the $7 and up film club tier on patreon.com slash easy allies, where you can join in on the discussion topic of every month and have a fun conversation with us and with each other. It's good time. Did you have a guilty pleasure of 2019 to end it? Huh. Shout out to a guilty pleasure. I mean, Alita Battle Angel might qualify. You're right. That's uh, the one. You're right. Yep. Uh, yeah. You can't that's think. it, yeah. and that nailed it. You yeah. nailed it. That's the one. <laughs> that's sure. the Pacific Rim 2 of 2019. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. Where it's like, I acknowledge, like, this is deeply not great, but I'm having a blast. Yep. yep. I compared episode 9 to Pacific Rim 2. Oh, Okay. I enjoyed so both. just a corporate cash grab with no heart. I enjoyed both immensely not, in not the theater. Not planned out, not originally uh, <laughs> intended in the original thought process in any way. Yeah, same, same category. <laughs> beat for beat garbage. <laughs> anyway, anyway, thanks everybody. We will see you again next month to talk about the greatest films of this decade. Strap in. Will any Star Wars crazy. movies be on that list? No. <laughs>